The Eddie B. Sit edition, an audio series of the Talmud Bavli. Masechet Rosh Hashanah. Masechet Rosh Hashanah has been sponsored by Mr. Soli and Cheryl Mizrahi. Hashem Alehem Yihyu for the Hatzlacha of both of their families, for Bezat Hashem, health, happiness, Tabnasa, continued success, and of course, uh, much Nahat and uh, pleasure from their children. Hiratzon, in the Zechut of their dedication to the Masechet Rosh Hashanah, they will be Zochef for good judgment, they will be Zochef for good Beracha and Mazal in all their endeavors. Amen. Amen. Today's daf is being studied in the of Abraham ben Esther. Ruach Hashem tenechanu began Eden. Amen. Today's daf is being studied in Fuat Shelema. Eliyahu Chaim ben Shafia Sophia. En nafana lo, en nafana lo, en nafana lo. Fuat Nefesh, Fuat Aguf, Fuat Tokelamar, Rabbi Vichenya Nasom and Omar. Amen. We begin today's daf on Chav Daled at the uh, actually the top line. The Gemara begins. Kama haya gavoa ulan haya note. So we uh, go back to the statement of the Mishnah, where they interrogated the witnesses and asked them different sorts of questions. For example, how high did the moon look, and where was the crescent facing towards? So now the Gemara begins. Tana hada. We have one statement. Brayta. This for now, if the witnesses come along and say that the moon was to the north of the sun, Devarav Kayamim. So we accept that testimony. But if they said that the moon is to the south of the sun, they didn't say anything. If they have a bright that says the exact opposite, that if the sun, if the moon is to the south, of the sun, then his testimony is accepted. But if it's the north, we don't accept. So make up your mind. What is considered the valid testimony? We have two Braithut that are saying virtually the opposite. That one says if it's to the north, the testimony is accepted. And one says no, if it's to the south, the testimony is accepted. So the Gemara answers, Lakashia. It depends what time of year the witnesses are testifying, which means basically sometimes during the year the moon is to the north of the sun and sometimes in the year the moon is to the south of the sun. What does it depend on? It depends on the season and therefore each braita can be correct. Well, let's just read this slashi over here which will give us a uh, basic understanding of how this works. Now this slashi is actually a summary of a subject that we studied in Erubin. Let's read the Rashi. Kan bimota hama kamimota geshem. Bimota hama kegon biyom aroch shet kufat tamuz. Which means, Rashi is going to teach us now that the cycle of the sun in the longest day of the year, for example, in tekufat tamuz. That would be a, the long summer day. So in that case over there, what happens is, in that case, the uh, sun 
begins its rise in the east, and it starts from the northeast, goes all the way across the east, comes down around the south, and then on the western horizon, goes all the way across, and it sets in the northwest. That will be the longest day where it's traveling all the complete three sides. At night, it goes under the kippah, goes under the earth, and travels up the south side, and then comes up again on the northeastern side, and every day it moves a little south. So on the longest day it rises in the northeast, and then the next day it rises a little to the uh, to the south, a little more, a little more, and so when it sets also, it sets a little to the south, until you get to the Tikufat uh, Tishri, so you get to the days of Tishri, which are basically equal days, 12 hours and 12 hours, where the sun is directly in the middle of the east. Which means it's, it rises in the middle of the east, goes down, and sets in the middle of the west. That happens twice a year, in Tishri and Nisan, where it's middle of the east, rising, and setting in the middle of the west. And then, every day, after Tishri, it goes more south. Okay, Until you get to the short winter days, which we in Tikufat Tevet, where the uh, moon rises basically in the southeast and travels to the southwest and does not travel at all to the side of the west, which means it gets to the beginning of the west and the south, and then it just goes under the kippah. Then it travels by night three sides, the entire west, the entire uh, north, uh, and then the entire east, until it rises the next morning, again on the southeast side, and then goes... You know, just uh, those are short, short days. Okay, so that's the way the cycle of the sun works. It goes all the way from the longer days, starting from the northeast, all the way to the shortest days that starts rising in the southeast. So that she just speaks that out. With that introduction, that she goes good. That's called penesafon. Hamai Yotzet, which because the sun is in the northern uh, east most corner. Hamai Yotzet biyom katzer, v'shokat biyom katzer, zepinadarom. That's when the sun rises in the southern eastern corner. Nisan b'tishri, those are the days, the months where the days are equal. Hamai Yotzet b'chasi mizrach, v'shokat b'chasi ma'arav. So the sun rises in the middle of the eastern horizon. And goes straight down and sets in the middle of the west. Now, Tekufat Nisan, Hayom Valayla Shavin, Hamay Yotzet Bahasi Mizrah, Umalechet, Hasi Mizrah, it travels half the Mizrah, the whole Darom, the whole southern side, the Hasi Ma'arav, and half the Ma'arav, the Shokat, and it goes down. Ubalayla, Sovevet the Malam and Akipa, it goes under the Kipa. Now, Hasi Mina Ma'arav travels under. Half the Ma'arav, right, towards the uh, north. Bechol Safon, then the whole northern side. Bechatsi Mizrah, and half of the Mizrah. Bezorahat, ul Mahorat, Hitkhil Ayom, the Yod Zorayah, Me'at Mechenegel, Hasi Mizrah, Lesad Safon. She's now the uh, days, let's say, in Tikufat uh, Tishri, right, the days now start getting, or Tikufat Nisan, the days start getting longer. So therefore, the uh, sun now sets. A drop towards the north. The next day, a little more towards the north. It rises a little more towards the north. The days 
get longer. The shokel lachalan marzim arab the sanzafon. Vechen kol yom ba yom nushikat meat ben bezlicha be meshkia. Mushimagay yom tukufat tamuz. By the time you get to the summer, which is the longest days, he zorahat bekidim bezlichat sanzafonit. It rises in the north east. Umealichet gimel ruchot. It travels full three sides: the whole east, the whole south, and the whole west, till it sets in the north. West. Veshokah bekidim sefurit ma'arabit. Which is northwest. Umisham ba'ilach hayimim et ma'atim. And then it goes reverse. Then from the longest day, in Tikufat Tammuz, the days start getting shorter. So that means every day now the sun will rise a little more towards the south and set a little more towards the south till it gets back to the center. That'll be again Tishri. Ve'ahaman m'shikhid me'at me'at m'shikhatam shikhi'atam l'sad darom. U'kshimagiyat Tikufat Tishri. יוצאת מחסי מזרח ושוקעת מחסי מערב והיום והלילה שווים ועוד מושכת והולכת לסד הדרום and again every day after תקופת תשרי starts rising a little more towards the south עד תקופת תבט until you get to the winter which is the shortest day ואותו היום יוצאת בקרן מזרחית דרומית then it rises on the southeastern corner it only travels in the day on the southern side and it sets in the southwest and by night it travels three sides. Okay? And it goes back to the north. So that's basically the sun cycle. It goes from one corner in the west to the middle. And it goes to the other corner in the west, and then goes back to the middle, and then back to the north. So it was constantly long days, middle days, and short days. Vechen tamid at kufat nisan, back to nisan again. She yotzed b'chasi mizrach, v'shoka at b'chasi ma'arav. Nimset b'imot ha'ma me'alechet rov ruach ma'arabit. There is the key. Comes out b'imot ha'ma in the summer me'alechet rov ruach ma'arabit lefneh shekiata. Before it sets, it's traveling in the summer with the majority of the western side. She's on the sun, it's arcing, right? And now it's on the western. So it travels by day. The majority of the west before it sets. Right? In the longest days, it'll actually travel all the west till it sets in the northwest. In the winter, when the sun is coming down, it doesn't travel only a little of the Ma'arav, right? The the western side, because it travels, it, 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 it sets at the southwest corner or a little into the west. And only enters it a little. Okay, that's the review of Masikhet Erubin in the cycle of the sun. What does this mean to us over here? Rashi. This is actually where Rashi starts. To explain the Yemara over here. Ve'alibana le'olam b'hidusha b'keren ma'arabit deromit. Now that she's giving us a fact over here. All the all Mepharshim um, here take Rashi to task what he means over here. But Rashi says that the new moon always is in the south uh, west. That's where it uh, sets. In the southwest. Okay? Hilkach b'imota geshamim in the winter, Okay, 
which means in this case over here, which is the bimot hageshamim, that the sun, the really does not, the sun sets in the beginning of the west, doesn't travel by the uh, western uh, uh, western side. So the moon would be to the north because the moon is trailing. Oh, the moon is trailing the uh, uh, the, the sun over here. But the moon is going to be to the north of the sun when it is setting. What's the fact? Where in the summer where it travels the Ma'arav a lot during the day, he kodemet So in the winter, I'm sorry, in the summer, the sun is going to be to the south. You want to just see a, a, a picture of what is being said over here? We have this in uh, this effort over here. It gives a little picture. Yeah. So you see it. Here you see the Mizrah. Okay. Here's the sun in the winter. You see it setting in the southwest. Right? So the moon, in that case over there, is going to be to the north, as you see. Uh-huh. Right, this is the north, right? So you see the, the moon basically is crescent facing away from the sun. That's what we learned on yesterday's daf. And it's uh, tilted to the north. Whereas in the uh, summer, where the moon is, uh, sun is setting in the, sa- in the northwest corner, so there the moon is trailing it behind. It's going to be in the Darom. It's going to be on the south side. So basically that's what the Gemara means. But the Gemara says that one time the Brayta said... When are we going to say That's talking about in the Winter And when the second Baraita said That's going to be during the Summer So therefore that's how we answer the two Baraitot Basically when we're interrogating the witnesses We ask them The position of the moon in relation to the sun Where was it? So sometimes he's going to say it was to the north. So, okay, good. We accept you. Sometimes he's going to say to the north. We throw him out. What is all depending on? Depends on this cycle of the way the sun sets, the way the moon uh, sets as well during the time of the new uh, moon. That therefore sometimes it's to the north, sometimes it is to the south. In the winter it's to the north, and in the summer it is to the uh, south. In the position of the moon towards the Son. Right. That's the way uh, the Mefashim are explaining over here. Okay. Oh, Rabbanan, we have a Braita. Ehad Omer Gavawa Bet Mardaot. That was how high the moon looked. How high does it look from where you're standing? So one of the witnesses, Bet Mardaot. Mardaot, the way they explain it, is either the size of a saddle or a goad. The goad is like a stick. The stick that they have to push the uh, animals, okay? The pokes the animal, actually. Yeah, they put it on the side as a point, right? and the animal turns, and it gets uh, poked. So it's a long stick. Yeah. So one says, it's like the size of two mardahot above his, above him. And one says, no, it looks more like three. Then they're disguising how high the moon looks. So if one witness says two, mardahot above, and one says three, and Utan Kayemit. He accepted. Because a person could make a mistake between two and three. You're not so uh, precise, but the witnesses are accepted. However, the Hadumir Gimal, the Hadumir Hamisha, Edutan Betela. 
which means we don't accept such testimony, because to make a mistake between two mardaot uh, in size and height, we don't accept. Now, the Gemara could have said between two and four. Just gave the example between three and five as well. Point is, two uh, the witnesses don't make a mistake. Aval But the point is, you, you throw out the witnesses, meaning to testify together when they say three and five. But each one is still kosher. If another witness will come along and say three, you can take the three witnesses and pair them up with them. Or another witness comes and says even four, you can pair them up with either one because they're still within one uh, one mardat of uh, mistake. Okay. That's that one. Banan. Next case. Ra'inuhu b'mayim. And the witnesses come along and say, we saw the reflection of the moon in the water. They didn't see it in the sky. They saw it in the water. Ra'inuhu ba'ashashit. We saw it in the lantern. Right? Through the glass, let's say, of the lantern. Ra'inuhu ba'abim. Or we saw it in the clouds. In mi'idin alaf. That is not considered testimony. Hatshio b'mayim. We saw half the moon in the water. Half of it in the clouds. Half in the lantern. You don't testify, not a testimony as well. So the Gibbara told me, You told me if you saw the whole moon in the water, in the reflection, it's not good. Half the moon in the water, of course it's no good. He saw half the crescent of the moon in the water. Yeah, half of the whole moon he saw in the water. You just told me if you saw the whole moon in the water, doesn't count. You have to tell me half. He saw half of the reflection in the water, and then the other half he saw in the sky. That's what it means. So the Hadush in the second case is even though he's seeing half of it in the actual sky, but not seeing the whole thing. That's the You don't testify, you got to see the whole moon in the sky. You can't say, well, I saw, you know, half the crescent, I saw the reflection in the water, and then I looked in the sky, I saw the other half. No good. And that's the in the second case. That even though part of the moon he saw in the sky, since the other half of it he saw in the reflection, not a testimony. We have a Braita. Ra'inuhu, we saw the moon. Veshuv, lo ra'inuhu. And then, we didn't see it again. Now, what, what does this mean over here? In mi'idin alaf. Which means what happened is, the guy was walking, and he saw the moon. But he really wasn't having a kavana to testify when he saw it. He saw the moon, he was walking, he saw it. Now, uh, all of a sudden, now he had one of Kavana to testify now. So he looked back up. He didn't see it. So he says, Zainu, Veshuv, Lord Ainu, and Mi'adi Ma'alaf. We don't accept such a guy's testimony. So the Gibbara says, What's the case here? Kol Ache Hazula Ve'azle. Does he have to see it the whole time? How long does he have to see it for? Which means, I saw the moon and then I didn't see it again. Well, how long does he have to stare at the moon for? For, 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 for the whole time? He saw the moon once. For a testimony, don't you need only uh, a sighting? So the guy goes, I saw it that it wasn't visible anymore. Okay, it's like, well, as long as you saw it the first uh, second, that's a testimony. What do you mean? We saw it and we didn't see it, and the Gemara says, we don't accept. So the Gemara says, Like I explained. We saw it, which means by chance. I mean, we weren't having Kavana. We were walking, uh, we sighted the moon, but we didn't have Kavana really to... Testify the first time. Then we, you know what? We can be a witness over here. So we went back to look. 
and Mi'idin Alaf. Now again, why not? Bottom line, he did see it the first time, even though he wasn't having Kabbana to testify. So the Gemara says, "My Tama." This is Imur Kovita Deiba Bealmahu He must have seen the uh, crescent of a white cloud, and really, maybe it wasn't the moon, because the first time he wasn't having, he wasn't having Kabbana to see the moon. This time he saw something. Then I looked back up; it wasn't there. So what's the difference? He saw it the first time. Uh, what he saw the first time maybe was a white cloud that was in the shape of the crescent of the moon. And the proof is because when he looked back, nothing was there. So therefore, we don't accept such a testimony. Comes the next Mishnah. Rosh Bedin Omer Mekudash. Now, once the witnesses are accepted, the head of the Bedin has to say Mekudash. Meaning, the month is sanctified. And everybody answers, Mekudash, Mekudash. Now we're going to discuss a mahloket, exactly when Betin has to actually sanctify. So the first opinion is, Ben Shinir'e Bizmano, Ben Shilonir'e Bizmano, Mekadashinoto. This is the first of four shitot. Tanakama's opinion is, Betin always has to make Kiddush HaKadosh. Whether the moon was seen in its time, that means on the 30th day, that's called Bismano. Or whether the moon wasn't sighted until the 31st, always Betin has to say Mikudash. I mean, the months cannot become sanctified until Betin says Mikudash, and the people have to answer Mikudash, Mikudash. Okay? That's Tarakamaz's opinion. That's Chitana number one. If the witnesses don't come on the 30th, then already the 31st is an automatic. So therefore you don't have to say Mikudash on the second day of Rosh Chodesh, which means on the 31st day if it's a male, because already in Shamaim they sanctified it. We need Betin for the early one, for the 30. But if the 30 doesn't happen, so then it's a, what, there's no 32? So what about the 31? So he holds Mikudash is only said on a Haser, not on a male. Those are two of the four she taught, and we have them in the Mishnah. Either you do it on both days, or only on the Bismano, uh, not on the Shiloh Bismano, on the third, not on the thirty-first. Right? Comes the Gemara and says, Rosh Bedin. Now we gotta go one, 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 one thing at a time. First, we said the Rosh Bedin is the one that has to say Mikudash. How do the Bedin? Menah Nemile. How do you know that? Amar Bichayab Bar Gamda, Amar Biyosef Ben Shaul, Amar Bi Amar Kera, Vaydaber Moshe et Moadeh Hashem, and Moshe spoke out. The holidays, the Mu'adim. Mikaj, Rosh Bedin, Omer Mikudash. Who's Moshe? Abedin. And then by the Ber Moshe, Mu'adashim. He spoke out. What did he speak out? Meaning he had to sanctify the months in order to make the holidays. And the people have to answer. How do you know the people have to answer? Amar Papa Markera, Asher Tikru Otam. Karibe Atem. If you look in the Torah, it says, Ele Mu'adeh Hashem, Asher Tegu Otam, but the Otam is written without a Vav, so you can read it, Atem, which means you have to call it, Atem. So therefore you learn the people have to say also, Nekudash. Rav Nachmar B'Yishak Amar, Elehem Mu'adai. Hem Yomru Mu'adai. They will say, by Mu'adim. How? By sanctifying. Now, Nekudash, Nekudash, Trezim Ne'el Amali. Now why do the people have to say Nekudash twice? Mikudash, Mikudash. Kodesh. The callings of Kodesh. Mikra is plural. And therefore we learn that they have to sanctify it 
twice, mekudash, mekudash. Rabbi Lazar ben Bissadok, Omer, in Londres, Abbas Baro, Emek Kadashinoto. Tanya, we have a brighter. Frimo, Omer. Bismano, Emek Kadashinoto. This is the third cheetah. Bismano, you don't sanctify it. On the 30th, you don't have to sanctify it. Shelo bismano, mekadashinoto. So it's the exact opposite. What's his logic? Bismano, you don't need kizuk. Because we have witnesses that came along and saw the move. So they don't have to strengthen it. However, on the 31st, where it's an automatic, so in order to strengthen it, that it is Oshchodes, so you need a uh, sanctification of Betin. Rabbi Azab Rabbi Shivon Omer, is the fourth shita, Ben Kach U Ben Kach En Mekadeshin Oto. He said, you never have to Mekadesh to Chodesh. Not on the 30th, and not on the 31st. You just uh, get the, the witnesses show up, and it's automatic after the witnesses show up. And if they don't show up, then the 31st is again, it's not automatic. Shina Emar, V'Kiddashtim Et Shinat Hamishim. The Torah says the Betin is obligated to sanctify the 50th year, which is the Jubilee Yovel year, right. of the you know, Shemitah cycle, right? Seven Shemitah cycles, the 50th year, the Kedashtim. So the Gemara says, Shena Shanim Atta Mekadesh, Ve'i Atta Mekadesh Chodashim. Well, the Torah says, Mekadashtim Shena Tachamishim. You only have to Mekadesh years, but you're not Mekadesh months. And therefore this Shita holds, you're not Mekadesh, no, the Betin never has to say Mekudash. So because we have four opinions, and exactly which days, either both days, like Tana Kamad the Mishnah, either like Rabbi Lazab, Rabbi Sadok of the Mishnah, that only the first day, the 30th, but not the 31st, or like Primo, that says only the 30th day, and not the 31st, or like the last of Rabbi Lazab, Rabbi Shimon, no days. Amar Rabbi Yehuda, Amar Shimuel, Halakha, Rabbi Lazar, Rabbi Sadok. That, that's the author, that's the one of the Mishnah, that says you only Mekadesh the first day and not the second day. Actually, we have a bright that to support us. Now let's say Betin saw the moon and called Israel. All the Jewish people, it was obvious, they saw the moon on the 30th. So they interrogated the witnesses, like the halakha says, But by the time they finished the interrogations, they weren't able to say Mikudash until nightfall. So since they didn't get to say it until nightfall, it's a Mi'ubar month, which means it turns into a 31st, and therefore the 31st, because even though the witnesses came on 30, but by the time you finished interrogating them, getting all the information, it became night. But Yamarah says Mi'ubar. Now the Gemara makes a diuk. Me'ubar in. Me'kudash lo. Ah, you see from the language of this statement, it says what? The month becomes me'ubar. Not that it becomes me'kudash. Implying that what? That once you get to the 31st, you do not have to me'kadash anymore. It's me'ubar, it just becomes uh, uh, me'ubar. You hit an extra day, it's automatic. Automatic. So that's a proof to Rabbi Al-Azhar. But Rabbi Sadok. From the fact that the statement was that the day becomes Mi'ubar, if it was Mi'kudash, it should have said, Yom Shushim Ahat Na'asay, Arezay Mi'kudash. No, no, it has to be Mi'kudash. It's 31 already. All that has to be is Mi'ubar. So the Gemara says, nah, nah. Gemara says, nah, nah, nah. Really, you have to make it Mi'kudash as well on the 31st day. No proof. 
Also, then why did it say Me'ubar? It should have said Mikudash. So give us a look. Me'ubar is tirichale. It had to say the words Me'ubar. You know why? Salka da takamina. Because I would have thought like this: Who ilvra who betin v'chol Yisrael? Since everybody saw it on the thirtieth, if farsema it becomes publicized and everybody thinks Rosh Hashanah is going to be on the thirtieth because everybody saw it. So I would have thought what? That the Rosh Hashanah has to be on the 30th. And don't make me'ubar. Even in this case. But what? You have to make Kadesh. Which is really, you have to make Kiddush on the second. I have no proof for the Be'azam to be Tzadok. Also, why didn't, why didn't it say then, Harizu Mikudash? Because if it would have said Harizu Mikudash, I would have, uh, I would have thought, Harizu Mikudash Me'etmol. Since everybody saw it, it was obvious. Harizim Mikudash, I would say, you know what? It's really 30th. We rely on the Kiddush that they made on the 30th. I don't care if they didn't get finished interrogating till nightfall. Bottom line, it's called Klaisel Sword, all the Betin Sword. It's obvious, we're not going to switch a day with the whole Klaisel thinks it's Rosh Hashanah on the 30th. Right. So therefore, if we would have said Harizim Mikudash, I would have thought Harizim Mikudash beyond Shinoshim. So therefore, I have to say, Harizim Me'ubar, to teach me Hitush, you know what? 31. For sure you're making Kiddush again. You have to make Kiddush again on the next day. But the Kiddush that you're allowed to even go to the next day. Because you would have told them, Oklai says, so on the 30th, you're going to confuse them. Kamashwalan, it is Me'ubar. But what? You have to be Mikudash also. It just couldn't have said that as a Mikudash because it would have gave you a false impression of what, what it means. Look at the Rashi. Look at the Rashi. Me'ubar is Tarikhale. Three lines from the bottom. Me'ubar is Tarikhale. Kilomar. Le'olam, le'machar, ba'e Kiddush. Really, I'll tell you, even on the second day of Rosh Hodesh, you need Kiddush. The reason why I didn't say it, Kiddush, you have to ask to tell me that why even are able to make it Me'ubar. Why? I would say, since everybody saw it in the right time, don't make it Me'ubar at all. If it would have said, Arezim et Kadesh, I would thought that really the Muhadot are established from the day before. I would really you can make it Mu'bar. Therefore, all we're saying is, don't bring a proof from this uh, statement over here. You want to bring a proof that says, Mikudash, look, no, really it is Mikudash, you have to be Kaddish on the second day as well So why did it say Mi'ubar, that is Mi'ubar To teach me that you, you, you're able to make a Mi'ubar Because you would have thought, maybe since all Kleister is sold on the first day It's not an option Kamashmalan, it is an option to make it Mi'ubar But really it would have to make it Mikudash as well But Mi'ubar is Tarikhane Comes the next Mishnah Matnitin Demut Tsurot Lebana Ayulo the Rabban Gamliel. Rabban Gamliel had uh, images of the moon. Which means a lot of witnesses did not understand the questions that Betin was interrogating. The crescent, was it to the north, was it to the south, was it to the south of the sun, east of the sun. So therefore, was it wide, was it all these different questions, sometimes we don't know what they're talking about. So you would have different images of the shapes, shapes of the moon. Was it like this, was it like this, was it like that. And the witnesses could see a diagram, and therefore don't know uh, what's going on. Now, Betabla, he had it on the, on the tablets, that's what they wrote it on. Betabla. Right, or on the uh, wall, the images that he drew on the wall. Ba'aliyato, in his attic, that's where his uh, betin was. Shebahen mar'e etahidjotot. 
He would show the idiotot the simpletons that come to testify that don't really understand exactly the nature of the questions. So therefore they would look at an image, would it look like this or look like that? So they could see it, oh yeah, it was more look like that. So they become uh, obvious. Ve'omer, ha'chazeh da'ita or chazeh? Did it look like this or did it look like this? Okay. Comes the Gemara. Now for the rest of the Gemara, the Gemara's question is, how was he able to have images of the moon? Well, the problem is, it seems we have Pesukim in the Torah that say, you're not allowed to make an image of the moon. So what was the Bangam doing over here? So the girl says, well, Is this permissible? Are you allowed to have this uh, image of the, the moon in your possession? Now the full Pasuk says, Do not make, Now what is the word iti? Do not make with me. So the Gemara says, "Lo ta'asun kidmut shimshai, shemashai." Do not make images of the servants that serve with me. Iti with me. Who serves with God? The moon, the sun, the different uh, you know uh, bodies in the sky. Those uh, iti. Don't make those uh, images. Amar Abaye. I mean, says no, no, no. Lo asra Torah. The Torah is only said the servants or the things that serve God that you're able to replicate exactly. A sun and a moon, you can't replicate exactly. You can replicate the image of it, but not the size. Could you make the size of the sun? Of course not. Could you make the size of the moon? Of course not. The only thing that Torah is permitting is to make replicas of things that serve God in the exact way they are formed. For example, Kedetanya, we have a Braita. Lo ya'ase adam bayit tavnit hechal. person cannot make his house a replica of the size of the Beit HaMikdash of the Hechal. Right, what's say, I want my uh, foyer to be exactly the size of the Hechal of the Beit HaMikdash. That's already assumed, the same measurements. Aksadra, <laughs> Aksadra, which would be like the... Uh, the porch, or the front, uh, the front area, right? The porch, really. Tavnit ulam. He wants to make this the shape of the ulam, one of the courtyards of the Beit Hamikdash. Haser, or his own haser, like his back, uh, you know, courtyard. Keneged azara. He wants to make it the same uh, dimensions of the azara. Shulchan keneged shulchan. Menorah keneged menorah. All these things are because you can really duplicate. Abal. You can make a menorah with five sticks, six sticks, or eight sticks. Because the menorah, the Beit HaMikdash, only had seven. So anyway, as long as it's not a duplicate of the, of the Beit HaMikdash, it is okay. Now she says, Shil Hamisha Nerot, Veshil Shisha Nerot. If the Nasha says over here, if you tell me Hamisha, so then we need to have the shisha, isn't, isn't that obvious? So the, the or shisha, what do you tell me, you know, what do you, you give me all these uh, different uh, uh, numbers? So the, he says the hadush in hamisha, you would think maybe hamisha is asur, because hamisha is more domed to the beta mikdash, because you have two on one side, two on the other side, and one in the middle. Domed to the beta mikdash, we have three on one side and three and one in the middle. So therefore, Hamisha, you would say, is a problem, but maybe Shisha, not, because it really is not, uh, maybe Shisha, yes, is a problem, I mean, Hamisha is a problem, I would say, and Shisha, 
Sorry, I would say Shisha is not a problem because it's really not, but Hamisha is a problem. Kamash Ma'lan, and even Hamisha, uh, since it's not seven sticks, is also a problem as well. Now, eight, okay, eight because it's just uh, one more. Shiv'ah lo yaseh. Okay, seven you can't make. That's obvious because the menorah, the Beit HaMikdash is seven sticks. Afilu shilshad minim matichot. Even if you make it out of other types of metal, the one of the Beit HaMikdash was made out of gold. Mm-hmm. Even if you make it out of any type of metal, this opinion holds asur. Why? Look at Nashi. Lefi, second line, shekha yoseh ba'en keshera lefnim. Ah, hadush. A non-gold metal with seven sticks is kasher in the Beit HaMikdash. How do you know? Kedetanya. Ve'asita menorah. Hakamim no, that's a klal. Ve'asita menorah, any type of menorah. Does the Torah tell you what type of menorah? That's a klal. Zahav tahor, prat. That comes to minimize. Miksha ta'ase, just make it out of one piece, mashma, anything. Hazar uchlal. At that point, it's a klal, prat, klal. And therefore, ma prat meforas shel matechet, afkot shel matechet. So the way you do a klal prat klal is, what's the prat? Bottom line, the prat is a metal menorah. So therefore, any type of metal is going to be good. Okay, so as long as the, 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 the menorah is metal, according to the shitat, because if a, uh, a guy makes a menorah out of tin or bronze, seven sticks, asur. Rabbi Yosef, but Yehuda, Omer, af shel etz lo yaaseh. Wow, you can't even make it out of wood. Just like in the times of Hashmonaim, when they rededicated the Beit HaMikdash, he says the menorah was really a wooden menorah. Now, what's his logic? Because the way Rabbi Yosef learns this, he doesn't learn it in a klal, plat klal, but she says he learns it in a Ribui mi'ut. Now, ribui mi'ut is a different type of derasha, so that she says, May rabbe rabbe kol mile. Which means the ribui adds much more. It includes everything. Which means not only uh, uh, gold or silver metal. The ribui comes along and says, Any item meaning even wood. Oh, so what's the mi'ut coming to do? The mi'ut comes to tell me, You cannot make it out of hedis. Just to exclude one item. Pottery is not going to be good for the mineral, but everything else, kashir. So it comes to Gabbara and says, Amnu Lo, so the rabbis tell the say, what are you talking about? Bet Hashem, I made it out of uh, uh, wood? That's not the explanation. First of all, the menorah of the Hashem was actually made out of spits of metal, of iron. And they covered it with tin. Which means it looked like wood. Because of the tin plating over it. But it wasn't wood. And therefore, you have no proof to say that uh, wood is a kosher mineral. What do you mean? Wood, I'll tell you, it's kashir. What, didn't the Hashanah make it out of wood? He says, no. It was really metal that they covered with tin. It looked like the you know, brown wood, but it wasn't. Now, Hashiru, when they became wealthier, Asaun shel kesef. So they upgraded the mineral to silver. Hazru, Hashiru, they got rich. Asaun shel zav. But basically, what do you see in this Gemara? Only items that you can replicate exactly, that's going to be a suit from the Torah, lo tasun iti. But since the moon, you cannot replicate exactly, not a problem. Therefore, the Bangalore was okay to make these images of the moon for the witnesses. That's what the Gemara is saying at this point. So comes the Gemara and says, 
Incidentally, the Taptos fortress says, why do they call what the Hashmonaim did Shippudim? Sticks or spits. So that she says, because the Taptos fortress says, they didn't have the Kaftonim and the Givyaim. They were just actually like spits. They didn't have the uh, cups and the uh, the buttons that were on the Minorat, uh, the those little uh, ornament or whatever, the the, um, the beauty that came out of the Minorat. There was Kaftorim, there was Givyaim, right? The flowers, etc. Piraim. They didn't have it. It was called Shippudim, just regular spits. Now, Gemara asks the same question again. Oh, you tell me that if you cannot duplicate it exactly, it's permissible? Is that so? We have a bright. Again, same question, same pasuk. Oh, clearly. Do not replicate the different servants that serve me in the Apai, in the Marom, in the upper worlds. So what are we assuming that is? Sun, moon. Mm-hmm. Clearly you have a bright that saying you cannot replicate these items. Amar lo asra Torah, ela demut arba'a panim we're talking about in the upper world, next to the Kisei Kavod, where there's different images. There's an image of an Adam, there's an image of a Neshet, of, of an eagle, there's an of a Keruv, of a, uh, uh, I'm sorry, of an Aryeh, of a lion, and an image of a uh, an ox, a Shor. So these images over here, the Praetor is telling you, you're not allowed to make them. And not only are you not allowed to make them, but you're not allowed to make them together. All four images are Asur. Nothing to do with the sun and the moon. When we said you cannot make the upper images of the marom, that means by the kisei kavod, right? Pene Ariyeh, pene Neshet, pene Keruv, and pene Shor. Shor. Adam is uh, those are the four: Shor, Neshet, uh, Ariyeh, and Adam. Comes the Gemara and says, "Bahde Adadi." Together. Together. So the According to this. You tell me that if I want to make an image of a human being, the face of a person, alone, it's going to be mutar. Smash, you tell me only the all four together is asur. But that, uh, alone is going to be mutar. Then why do we have a bright that says, that all faces of different type of uh, creatures is permissible, except it's a suit to make the face of an Adam even alone. Uh, so what are you telling me? So I learned from the Rasha of Abaye, when it says in the passage, Lot Asun Oti, read it, Lot Asun Oti. Do not make me. Now, of course, Akadosh Baruchu, in no goof, in no demutagoof. But the Biru Hanel explains that the way Borei Alam would appear to the prophets was in the image of a human being. And therefore, the passage is saying, Lot Tasun Oti. So you're right. Really, you're not allowed to make an image of an Adam even alone. So the all four, that's one deen. And then you have a deen of Pertsuf Shel Adam. But we still didn't include sun and the moon. Okay, so that's the Gemara at this point. So comes Gemara and says... So look at the, look at the second Tosfot for a sec. Actually the third Tosfot. Lo ta'asun itivim tomar. Humayka amar ela demut arba'at panim. 
You tell me that you cannot make the four uh, images, right? Mm-hmm. You don't got to get the four. Once already you tell me that Adam alone is Asur, so it's finished. You, can't, you, can't, you don't got to get to the four. Meaning it's Asur already even One. alone. Which means, right, it's not, it's not uh, there's a bigger sin to say, maybe Adam alone mm. is Asur, but when you put it with the other four, could be, yeah, it would be Mutari, we'd say. Iname, imatsat surat Adam, asuda shlim de dalit panim. Oh, that's a good answer. Let's say you found surat Adam already. That was drawn already. You're not allowed to add the other three. So even though you didn't draw the Surat Adam, by adding the other three next to the Surat Adam, that's going to be a Sur as well. Okay. Comes the Gemara and says, Again, are the other servants of God permissible to, to draw, to make? That serve me in the heavens. Kegon. Ofanim, the Serafim, the Hayota Kodesh, Asharet. All different types of angels. One is not allowed to draw or make images of. They're only forbidding images that are in the upper world, and in the seventh heaven. But what? In the lower heaven, meaning the sun and the moon, which are in the lower uh, heavens, let's say the Rakiah, which is, let's say, the second heaven, that would be Mutar. So the Gemara says, Why is it permissible to make uh, images that are in the lower heavens? Now we get to another Pasuk. Asher Bashamayim, Lerabot Hamab, Lerbanat, Kochavim, Umazalot. Mimaal, Lerabot, Malache, Asharet. Now what is this Pasuk? This Pasuk is on the Aser and the Berot. It says, Lo Taase Lecha Pesen, Bechol Timuna. Any image, Asher Bashamayim, Mimaal. And the Gemara says, you know what Bashamayim Ma'al comes to include? Bashamayim, even the sun, the stars, and the moon. And what does it say, Ba'aris? What does it mean when it says Ba'aris? Well, actually, what does it mean when it says Mimaal? Mimaal means even the angels. So you see, back to the question of the Magam another Pasuk. You're not allowed to make an image of the moon and the sun. Tanya, Gemara Sarana. Ha'hu le'ovdam. That pasuk, when it says, it's all that, it means you cannot make them with the intention to serve them. But to make them for non-serving purposes, you can't make the sun in order to worship it. But to make it stam, without worshiping intention, hold it. If that pasuk was talking about le'ovdam, afilu shilshul you can't even make even a little worm. When you got to get to the sun, the moon, you can't make anything if your intention is to, to serve it. When you're jumping to the sun and the moon, you can't even make a little image of a worm if your intention is to make it to serve it. The Gemara says, You're right. Netanya, we have a brighter. Asher Ba'aris. Right, doesn't the Pasuk say? Now what is Ba'aris referring to over there? Different type of uh, mountains and hills. Yamim v'neharot, seas and rivers. Afikim, streams, v'geiyot and valleys. Mitahat, that's Ba'aris. Mitahat is under the ground. Lerabot, shilshul katan. Even they include a little worm. 
So but you're right. The Torah does talk about uh, any type of item. If you're making it with intention to serve, it's a suit. So the Gemara said, The same question again. Is it still permissible if you're just doing it to make, not to serve? The sun and the moon. You tell me it's permissible? We have another brata. What's the derashah and the pasuk? Lo ta'asun kedmut shemashai. Do not make the image of those that serve me. Hamishamishim lefnai kegon. Chama ubanako chavimu mazalot. Here's the bottom line. Here's the question. We finally found the brayta that says it clearly. You can't make images of the sun, the moon, and the mazalot. How did Rabbi Gamliel do it? So now we're going to start to get to the answers. Shani Rabbi Gamliel the achirim asulo. Uh, he didn't make it. He told the goy to make it for him. He didn't make the images. Torah says you can't make it. He told the goy. Tosfot comes and asks the question. What do you mean? Amira la'akum is not only asur on Shabbat. Amira la'akum is asur on all the things of the Torah, which is whatever you can't do, you can't tell the goy to do. So what do you mean? He did it. He did goy. What are you talking about? Amira la'akum is asur. So Tosfot wants to say that bimkom mitzvah is permissible. What was he doing this moons for? For the Kiddush HaHodesh. He needed for the witnesses to testify. So therefore, Amira La'akum B'mkom Mitzvah. Tosfot wants to say, that was the Eter of Laban Gamliel. Comes the, comes the Gebran continues. Dehar of Yehuda. We have a story of Rabbi Yehuda. Dehahirim Asudo. Goyi made him, uh, you know, images. She says, Goyim. It says here, He had an image in his ring, in his signet ring. It's the image of a person. With the goy? Yeah. The goy made for him a signet ring with the image of a uh, person. Okay? The Amar Shimuel and Rabbi Yehuda. And Shimuel told Rabbi Yehuda, Shinina, young, young sharp scholar, one. sharp one, Sameh Didan. Take out its eye. Which is, he told them, you got to destroy it. I mean, he didn't let him. The Goy did it. What do you want? The Goy made the, the image. It's not, uh, I thought the Goy, I think Goy is mutar. So the Gebra says, There, the Chotam itself protruded. The signet ring had a, pro- it was a protruded uh, image of the Adam. And therefore, even though it was done, I Goy, Umishum Hashda. There the issue was Hashad. Because when you have an image that protrudes, we suspect, or people are going to suspect that on a protruded image, it's for Abu Dazara purposes. So that even though technically we're not deemed to tell the Goy, let's say, will be mutar. He had a purpose, let's say, obviously, to make this uh, signet ring, right? He needed to have to say, according to Tosavot, he had a purpose for a mitzvah. But the point is, what are you talking about? But here, uh, Shemuel told them, destroy it. Take out its eye. What do you take out its eye? I thought you told me, I didn't go as mutar. No, no, this is different over here. He was bullet. When it's bolet, you have the issue of hashad. Kedetanya, like we have a brayta. Tabaat, you have a ring. Chotamo bolet. If the signet itself protrudes, the emblem right, asul aniha. You're not to leave it. You got you to destroy it because of hashad. Umutal tomba. But it's permissible to use it to, 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 to stamp. Why? Because when you stamp with a ring that's bolet, the Image on the on the paper on the wherever you're stamping is not bullet, right. right? It's indented. It's However, shokeya mutar laniha. 
if you have a ring that's sukeya, that the image is indented, you're allowed to keep it, however, because when you stamp with a ring that's indented, the image protrudes. And therefore you have a protrusion of an Adam, and therefore it's a so now the Gemara says, right, sticks up. With the image that's in, in, indented, when you stick in the wax, let's say, it causes an imprint that the image is going to rise up. So the Gemara says, Umi Hashinan, the Hashda. Gemara says, Are you telling me that there's a Hashad issue over here? You let it go, he make it for you. You tell me if it's protruding, you tell me it's a problem because the people are going to think you're doing it for Abu Dazar. Is that a problem? There was a certain Bet Knesset. Deshaf Viyativ. That's what they called it. There was a Bet Knesset in Babel. They called the synagogue of Shaf Viyativ. Why? Look at Rashi. Deshaf Viyativ Ben Makomu, it's a place. That, bet, that synagogue was destroyed. And then they rebuilt it. So the Shaf that was destroyed, Viyativ, and then resettled. Mm-hmm. Now the Shekhinah was in that synagogue. Mm-hmm. And the exiles, when they got to Babel, they built it. Mm-hmm. Well, they built it with the stones of Jerusalem. Wow. To show you how much they love the stones of Yerushalayim, they brought stones with them from Yerushalayim to Babel, and they built the foundation of, the bit of that Shafi Yatif synagogue. Now, what happened in that synagogue? Which means there was a Tselem de Mutamelech. There was an image, a statue of the king. They made a statue of the king. Or an image of the king. They went, these rabbis, and they prayed there. And there's no hashash. Even though it's uh, protruding, even though uh, it's there, they didn't worry about hashash. Obviously, they didn't make it. You'll say, let's say the Goyim made it. Okay? They put it over there. So, uh, for the king, let's say. So they prayed there. I can pray that we have a hashad. Kebara says, Rabim Shani. If it's in the Rabim, we're not hashish. Which is when it's made for the, the message. You only have hashad on the individual. But when I push it, the whole Rabim is going to don't do Abu Dazara. So therefore, the Rabim is the Rabim is different. Rabim Shani. In hashad, right in a public place, there's no hashad that guy does Abu Dazara. What does the guy do Abu Dazara? This is in private. So in the Kumla Bim, we're not worried. So the Gabbara says, wait. Right, with the moon. Hold it. Where was the Bangam with this moon item? He had these moon items. He's in his attic. That's why the Mishnah went out of its way. He's uh, Yahid. So now you tell me you got the Hashad item uh, working over here. So the Gabbara says, so we're assuming that these items that he had were actually uh, protruding items. Right? There were images like uh, of the, the moon, models of the moon and stuff like that. So now he had them. What about the Hashash? He's alone. Says Kevan the Nasihu Shchi'i Rabim Gabeh. First answer. There's always people by him. He's the president. So he's never alone. Shchi'i Gabeh. So he's like Gabeh. Meaning, people are going to see. Correct. He's, not, he's, not, he's never alone. The Ban Gabeh. There's always uh, pop, uh, uh, population coming in and out. So therefore, it's okay. Ibaetema the Pirakim Hava. Second answer. They weren't complete images of the moon. Right. They were made in Section. sections. Right. So therefore, when uh, the witnesses would come, he would just take them. Parts. They look like this, and he would take them apart. 
So therefore, really, he was worried about the hashash uh, situation. But he didn't make full images of the moon. He made them in Pirakim. litlamed avad. He made them regular images. And what was the purpose to do it? To learn. To learn, to teach. Uchtiv lot tilmad la'asot. Aval atalamed lehavin ulorot. New item. Which means, you cannot make these items uh, in order to Hashem serve them. Even to make them alone, it's a problem. Let's say we said, Hashem and all that. However, it is permissible if the kabana of the person making it, in order to learn from it, meaning learn the halachot, like in this case over here, then you have no problem. It's permissible. And that's the uh, opinion of, which means, uh, what do you mean, lotel madlasot? You're allowed to learn about the sun that he says in the Mefashim over here, kilomal da'avin ma'asehem kamehem mekulkalim. James, you're able to make these images to show look how foolish the Guima. Mm. They worship the sun, and they do this, and they do that, which is to disprove it and to make fun of it and to show that it's uh, not emet, you're allowed to do it. So in this case also, it's a form of litlamid. Because what was his really purpose, Rabban Gamliel? To use it to make, uh, uh, you know, and stuff like that. So that would be permissible. Okay, halakot. Halakot, therefore would be mutas. So that's basically the answers what Rabban Gamliel was doing. Baruch Amar Na'olam.